Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. <laughs> I just looked at Ben's text to us. No Darren Ravel today at 923 as he normally joins us. Uh, apparently he's on jury duty, Ben. Uh, Darren Ravel. Ben's text to us. No Ravel today. He's on jury duty. God help those perps. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I think he's. Um, you think Ravel is inclined to go hard at uh, at crime? He's, t- he's, t- he's gonna. He's gonna take a tough stance. Depends on the crime. If it's uh, anything to do with internet bullying, then yes, because <laughs> Ravel gets all <laughs> sorts of heat on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. What do you? Uh, yeah, have you ever gotten? Have you actually gotten like the interview for for Jerry? No, no. But now okay. that you ask me that, and I'm saying no, it's for sure going to happen like next week. Now, yeah, you just jinx the no hitter. <laughs> I've always, I've tried to put myself through that scenario where you you try to botch the interview. Like when the attorneys are interviewing you, like, and I just don't think I could do it. I, you know, that's how I, like when I did my, okay, so I did my disability uh, uh, physical when I was done with football. Yeah. And um, a lot of guys end up getting some level of disability because, you know, you're banged up or whatever. And at the time I took it, I was actually banged up. I've gotten a lot better since then. Um, But I was pretty banged up. But there was something about me that when I, uh, as soon as all of a sudden I got into the physical, um, I went into like, don't show any weakness mode and like, <laughs> like, like stretched through pain to show how, like if I could touch my toes and everything, like did all this stuff just idiotically, really. Right. Um, <laughs> you're, you're showing off. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But there was all, well, honestly though, there was part of it though too, where it was like, I didn't want to be. I think I could have easily qualified for a uh, like a pretty good level of disability, um, but I didn't want to. I felt like if there was, if there was, if there was, once I got that designation, I felt like that might be it for me. And it's like a demotivator to, because then all of a sudden, like you know, then then if you get better, you're kind of screwed because you're guilty of fraud. <laughs> so um, so I you know, like there's a picture of you water skiing out there or something. <laughs> um, so I kind of used it as a way. In hindsight, I was glad that I had been an idiot about it. And like actually, because I wasn't being honest, I was actually like masking pain while I was in my disability physical. Um, but I'm glad that I did because I, if I could have just sat there and collected a good check for for being quote-unquote disabled or having a level of disability, um, it, it might have been long-term bad for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it worked out better that way. Um, so uh, we got a text message to the Trailer Wheel and Frame text page. Trailer Wheel and Frame! 3008, and we're getting a lot of these. What are y'all's thoughts on Colin Cowherd talking about teams that were inherited and that ownership was disconnected and how you would see that in a Zoom meeting? He made those remarks the day after he met with Sean Payton which was the same day the, that Peyton met with the Texans. From that comment, I gathered that Peyton could see the dysfunction in his Zoom meeting 
with the Texans. We're going to play the audio here in just a second. That's the direction a lot of folks are taking that. Um, I think Seth and I are trying to take maybe a more expanded view of it as to what Cowherd may have heard it's sitting down with Peyton and kind of maybe how stories get conflated. Um, but we'll play it for you and let you be the judge. Um, but Colin Cowherd had gone out to dinner with Sean Payton, prospective Houston Texans head coach and current Fox personality. Um, they went out to dinner on Monday night for several hours, and or maybe Tuesday night, one of those nights. Um, and Colin Cowherd said on his show that uh, they Peyton just told football stories for, for hours, and it was great, and it was fun. Um, and then Colin Cowherd uh, took this to the air yesterday. Thoughts on the importance of ownership. There's a lot of bad owners out there that sometimes they inherited money uh, from a family. A lot of times they don't even like the sport. Uh, somebody dies in a the family, they're left with it. Um, but the gap, I can tell you this, um, the gap, listening to stories last night, between the haves and the have-nots in this league is not just quarterbacks or coaches. It is ownership. Even on Zoom calls, you can spot the dysfunction. Zoom calls. Not even being in the room, you can see why certain teams lose. Okay, so concern is understandable if you're a Texan fan, especially one that wants Sean Payton to be the next Texans head coach. I don't think anything's eliminating the Texans in that cut right there, but certainly the fact that they were the only team that's done a Zoom call with Payton is is concerning. Um, nothing really up to that greatly concerned me, uh, just in general. And I, like, I don't. He was talking about teams getting inherited. Okay, I mean, that happens with a lot of teams. Uh, talking about owners that don't like football. I don't think the Texans fit that mold, as you've pointed out several times, Seth. Cal McNair loves football. Um, but the part about the part about even on a Zoom call, you can see the dysfunction is something that a lot of Texan fans are understandably latching on to. But I think you've laid out in a good way, and I'll have you do it here, just what Colin Cal- – the game of telephone that gets played with this stuff sometimes. Yeah, I think that um... – because sometimes when you tell a story, it, it's, uh, you know, people glean some information from it, but not all the details. And I, the fact that, the fact that Coward so casually basically disclosed that he was talking about the Texans makes me, A, wonder just exactly how much Sean Payton wanted that to be disclosed. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know if Coward thought that he was being, surreptitious about it in the slightest, but the the math is pretty easy on this that he was talking about the Texans. But what I would hope is that what happened was Sean Payton was talking to the Texans about the dysfunction that there has been in the organization over the last few years and maybe having a frank and open discussion about it. And in relaying that to Colin Coward, that Colin Coward took that as, oh, wow, Sean... Sean talked to the Texans and he heard all of this dysfunction and it was obvious on Zoom. Well, yeah, possibly because Cal and Hannah McNair themselves were saying, look, we had these issues. We took measures. We're in a new place now and we want to move forward. There, Because there are other reports that the, the meetings went well. So who knows? Um, exactly. Because one of the reports was out of New Orleans. So I don't think that was you know fed to them by the McNairs necessarily. Um I just I think there's room I think there's room for misinterpretation and a little bit of the telephone game here because this happens all the time when I mean it's happened to me just in sports radio when I tell a story and a, a co-host kind of gleans something 
from it that isn't what I intended, and then you got to go back and correct it, and because your co-host says like, "Oh, you said that uh, you said that you hated Marcus Stroud or something." Like, no, 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 no. I said I I said somebody else hated him, and uh, it's so it's just it's I I would take it with a grain of salt. It's yes, very possible that it's exactly as Coward said, but I think that. It's also very possible that he was just kind of speaking loosely and freely the, and not necessarily having gotten the whole story. The question we're getting asked by a lot of people, and I think it was maybe you and I texted back and forth about this yesterday too, is, man, I wonder how Peyton feels about Cowherd kind of putting his business out there like that. Like it's fairly obvious that the mention of a Zoom call makes it a tremendously, tremendously high probability that it's the Texans that he's talking about. Is Sean Payton angry that Colin Cowherd is putting his business out there like that? And I I don't know the answer to that. I do know Payton is a guy who, throughout this whole process over the last few days, has seemed pretty straightforward and maybe overly honest with things. You know, very forthcoming about what he thinks the draft capital would be, very forthcoming about his thoughts on these various jobs. Um, so he may just be somebody that just doesn't care that stuff gets out there. To which point I say also... Is there a benefit to Sean Payton having Colin Cowherd say this about what appears to be the Texans without saying the Texans? And look, the obvious answer is that maybe the Zoom call didn't go all that well. That's the obvious answer. Um, but there are other possibilities. Okay, so let so Seth, tell me if I'm crazy on this. The benefit to Payton getting that out there that maybe the Zoom call revealed some dysfunction that has him concerned. Could that be... A negotiating ploy. If he's going to make the 25 mil, does he need to appear to at least have some degree of cold feet about the job to where the Texans would have to pay a tax? You know, we'll call it the dysfunction tax. Where, look, I think there's, I've said a lot of great things about this job. Those are all things that are undeniable. It's, it's just, it's math. You have a lot of draft picks, you have a lot of cap space, you have some good young players. We can go get a quarterback, all these things. I can't argue those things, but. The subjective part of this is what is the culture inside the building? So if I'm Peyton, as opposed to just aligning immediately with what's going on in the building, does it make more sense to at least show a little bit of trepidation so you can get the 25 instead of the 20 mil? Yeah, perhaps. See, playing yeah, chess is, uh, is what I'm this saying. Is a game. <laughs> it, is, it is weird. Like It's honestly weird for Coward to disclose his version of that without – if, unless he had permission from Peyton to do it, because he just—it was just so thinly veiled. It wasn't. Um, one of our listeners says this, and I can't tell honestly if this guy is asking this rhetorically uh, or if he's asking a genuine question. Because okay, this, tell me how I should interpret this, as I uh, always endeavor to assume positive intent. Mm-hmm. Who else would he be talking about seriously? Which owner died and left it to their family? Answer that for me. <laughs> Yeah. Are you kidding me? I, I feel like we're. I feel like this guy is saying, "Like you idiots," is talking about the Texans. To which I would say, "Yeah, that, yeah, that's what we just said. We've been saying so that all morning." About the Texans. We've been saying that all morning. And oh, by the way, the Texans aren't the only team to get passed down to another generation of owners. Yeah, yeah. Well, that no, but I think if he's genuinely asking that question, if I were to assume positive intent, he's genuinely asking with weird phrasing, um, uh, like who else that he's interviewing with right now that Sean Payton is interviewing with right now. Is it been left to uh, through the generations? Um, okay, so the Broncos, they have generational wealth, but they bought this group 
They got their money from the Walmarts, but they're buying the team, so that the team hasn't been uh, passed down. I think the uh, the Panthers. That's uh, he made that owner made his own fortune. Um, Bidwell, the owner of the Cardinals, inherited the team. He did, but he's been with the team for a long time. Yes. I don't know if, and he hasn't met, they haven't met via Zoom with Peyton. Have They've they? not, no. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and then, in, 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 but also, by the way, in the entire segment there with Coward, he talks about multiple different teams, some of the ones that were inherited and what have you. It's the Zoom call part that pinned it to the Texans there. It wasn't that it was a, an inherited family. It was the Zoom call where uh, we're just, sorry, we're assuming that, the last time Sean Payton interviewed for head coaching jobs uh, back in the early 2000s when the Zoom company didn't exist, that, uh, that he wasn't talking about any of those interviews. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. In 2004. Yeah, as you pointed out, where, it was, where video calls were all pixelated back yeah. then. It was not uh, the, smooth, the smooth sailing it is right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's where I guess the, the big question for people is do you feel better, worse, or about the same? for the Texans' possibilities of getting Sean Payton on the heels of some of the things we've heard uh, from Cowherd here. Yeah. Uh, one of our listeners says, if it's a negotiations ploy, move on. That just shows it's a money grab. We need a coach with hunger and intent. Um, I think that's probably a flavor of what you and I have expressed as a concern mm-hmm. um, about Payton. I mean, I do... I mean, I brought it up with McLean when we had him on yesterday, and McLean just like sloughed it off, like, "Nope, he's an elite coach who wants to win," and blah blah blah. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's perfectly logical for someone who is fifty nine or sixty years old to be staring at a bag of a hundred million dollars and go, "You know what? I'm, that's one last big pile of money I can go get the next eight generations of Paytons." And he got look, he got divorced not too long ago, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just when you're when you're staring there, you know, at the 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 next 40 years of your life you're somewhat recently divorced uh, you probably you know had to part with a good chunk of your investment account That's true. Uh, with that transaction that yeah. yeah that you're you're getting back into it for different reasons than when you're in your 20s i think like very i'd be surprised i think very few football coaches start off with their primary motivator being like dreams of wealth it's just, you don't, yeah. you, you know, like it's, um, and maybe that's incorrect these days now that the money has gotten so big, but it's just, I guess if you're, it, it is young kids, it, it is probably, uh, the highest bang for your buck you're going to get, um, like with that skill set. Like if you have, if you choose, okay, if I, hmm, where can I make $5 million a year realistically? Well, and here's, here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing about coaching, Seth, is, and this is what's so backwards about it. If you're really bad at it once you get to that stage, you're going to get paid that money anyways to do nothing. Ask, yeah. ask Cliff Kingsbury, yeah. who's yeah. sitting on a hammock in Thailand right now, <laughs> getting paid for the next four years. It's a pretty sweet gig. Freaking hammock. The most <laughs> overrated leisure what would you call that? Not a, it's not a chair. It's not a bed. No, it's what not. What would you a, call it? Something that you recline upon? Yes. It's the most. Uh, not a most receptacle. O- yeah. I don't know. It's the most overrated sleep, resting furniture. Sleep apparatus. Sleep slash afternoon nap slash, oh, great. I've got a waffle grid on my back now. Right. And, um, you're, and, you're, and you're twisted up in a cocoon. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you got your arms pushed up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to feel like a giant is trying to fold me in two. Yes, that's what I want. <laughs> right. That's what that's when I sleep best. This is some great sleep I'm getting here. Yeah. Um, text 
Message to the Trailer Wheel and Frame text page. Four six five three with D'Amico interviewing today. I'm feeling more like D'Amico might be the move. First of all, he's interviewing tomorrow, so tomorrow is D'Amico's interview. Um, yeah, I think D'Amico D'Amico's been your favorite all along, Seth. I think right. He's, yeah. he's still at the top of the list. He's yeah. he's getting to be at the top of the list. Peyton intrigues the hell out of me, just as someone who covers the team and obviously someone who roots for the team. D'Amico would be awesome. I think it would be the great. whole thing is um, I, for me. Offensive-minded coach is awesome if it's the tiebreaker. I think first and foremost, you have to go for the guy with the head coach attributes, the guy that can tie it all together, that can be a motivator, um, that can be an administrator, that can that can have conversations with the owners because managing the people above you is just as important as managing the people below you. And I'm not so sure that I've been impressed by the personalities or even necessarily the things written about Shane Steichen or Mike Kafka. Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator for the, the Eagles, is has been described in a lot of ways as that, that dynamic guy that can handle things on multiple fronts. So, so far, those two guys, the guys that I feel the most that like, well, they, they seem like head coaches. They look, talk, smell... Uh, walk like head coaches or D'Amico Ryans and Jonathan Gannon, who are both uh, who are both defensive minded coaches. Yeah. And then, of course, obviously, Sean Payton has that same persona. Yep, no doubt. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 